Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the Word. God bless you. I'm so excited about Freedom Night because... I am and I continue to be a freedom fighter. And I love that Awaken Church is a church full of freedom fighters. And I love that we don't back down on speaking the truth and we are not resistant to the supernatural. We pursue freedom, but we approach it with the motivation of love. You know, we're living in a time of war and there is a war on freedom. There is and always will be a war on your life and on my life. And as, as chaos has ensued in our world, it's easy to see that what we're actually seeing is a global soul depravity and a poverty condition. But I'm gonna tell you, sadly, it has first existed in the church. See, if we wanna see the soul of the world healed, we first have to heal the soul of the church. And that's you and I. You know, where there's soul poverty, there are victims. If we look at the voices that are trying to control the airwaves of media, of entertainment, of education and government, they're all victims. Do you know that a victim gets up every day and rehearses defeat. They rehearse, what happened to me is who I am. A victim becomes powerless and rehearses that I can't do anything about the things that have happened to me. Victims blame other people and they don't wanna take responsibility. In fact, they actually expect other people to take their responsibility. Victims always demand something and then they become offended anytime anyone touches on their wounds because it actually reminds them of their past experiences. Instead of living fruitful, victims live frustrated. A victim cannot reciprocate. A victim always takes. And the reason why I paint this picture is the enemy would love for the church to shrink back on setting people free so they can be easily controlled and manipulated by the spirits of this dark age. You know, if he, he can weaken the church through poverty and shrink them down to victim status, his agenda is to steal their joy. If you steal joy, you steal strength. That's your place of power. And then you lack the ability to carry weight in the kingdom. And when you can't pick up any weight, then you can't pick up any spiritual weapons. When you can't pick up spiritual weapons, you cannot fight, you cannot influence, and then you become the lowest seat of power. Well, tonight we're gonna confront those powers. We're not of 
that kingdom and we do not submit to the kingdom of the darkness of this world, we are the kingdom of light and power. And as God's children, we cannot be victims because we will actually be acting outside of our design. We were not made to live as victims. We were made to live victorious and win because the kingdom of heaven is within us. And family, I'm gonna call you family. The more you step into the realm of the kingdom, the more that you're gonna look through life through a lens of victory. So tonight, if you wanna participate, you're gonna get a breakthrough. I believe it. But here's the caveat. I think it's one thing to get set free. I think it's entirely another thing to live free. You can get set free and delivered in a moment of power, but it takes actually a process and a commitment to a journey to, for a lifetime to actually live free. I need to be truthful to tell you that freedom is not a destination. Freedom is a journey. And this altar, it's not a, it's not a one-stop shop, just a one and done where you leave and your part is completely done. No, it's actually the opposite. When you leave, your part has just begun. Your transformation and your freedom is 100% your responsibility. Even the pastors and leaders here, we're not responsible for your transformation, but we're responsible for your discipleship. And see, what I think is either people don't know or refuse to take the next steps and that's where they get stuck. You know, although I've been a Christian since I was five years of age, even though I've been an Awaken for over 12 years, even though I've been a pastor for six plus years, I was stuck because I didn't know what I didn't know. And I had no idea how much my belief around rejection was feeding into so many areas of my life. So I'm gonna tell you in the last nine months, I've experienced true freedom. I've finally put the things into place that have helped me live free. And I'm gonna continue on that journey because it's a journey. So tonight I'm ministering from an overflow of a breakthrough. But freedom is confrontational. That's why I said we approach it with the motivation of love. And so if I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself as well. I preach it to myself every day. So the title of this message tonight is Live Free or Try Hard. So let's put this into some context. If we take a look at John chapter five for time, I won't read the entire passage, but it paints a picture. It's a story of a man who did not know how to take his next steps. You know, at the pool of Bethesda, hundreds of people would come when they would see the angel of the Lord come and stir the waters, hoping that they could get into the pool, be lowered down so that they could get healed. And for 38 years, there was a man who lived as a victim. He was disabled since birth and every day, 
He waited on someone else to take responsibility to get him into the pool so if he's lowered down, he could get healed. But then one day, Jesus shows up on the scene. And the Bible says that Jesus knew that this man had been in this condition for quite some time. So Jesus does what Jesus does, and he overlooked his limitations. And he asked them this question, and it's a question I wanna ask us tonight. Do you truly long to be well? The first thing this man does to Jesus is not answer his question, but actually shift the blame again to the other people who didn't take responsibility. But guess what? Jesus ignored his blame game because it didn't work for Jesus. And Jesus confronted his victim mentality. And he said, stand up, pick up your mat. Pick up your own weight, take responsibility, and you will walk. And the outcome was he immediately stood up, he was immediately healed, and he continued to walk. And when Jesus found him a little bit later, he said, go and sin no more. See, notice that Jesus had already healed him and set him free, but then this was his next steps. For 38 years, this man tried hard because he didn't know that all he had to do was take responsibility and pick up his own mat and then turn away from his sin and then he could live free. Tonight, I wanna share with you quickly three areas that I think keep people from living free. Number one, doorways. I like to call them doorways. Doorways are legal rights or doors of entry for demons. A legal right is any activity that gives a demon permission to access your life and remain there. And I know we all come from all different backgrounds where some people say Christians don't have demons. No Christians cannot be possessed by a demon but through a doorway that they can enter, they can oppress a Christian. Let me put it to you practically. Doors have locks for a reason. Robbers are attracted to houses where the doors are unlocked. Doors get open through sinning deliberately or ignorantly, violating God's laws which create legal rights. Let me put it to you this way. It doesn't do any good to get delivered on this altar, but then continue to make the same choices. You will not get better. In fact, you will get worse because choices will always have consequences. If you sow things of the flesh, you will reap things of the flesh. But if you sow things of the Spirit, you will reap things of the Spirit. I love what Matthew 12, 28 through 30, the message version says. It says, but if by God's power that I am sending the evil spirits packing, we like to tell them to 
pack their load and go, then God's kingdom is here for sure. How in the world do you think it's possible in broad daylight to enter the house of an awake, able-bodied man and walk off with his possessions unless you tie him up first? Tie him up though, and you can clean him out. This is war and there's no neutral ground. If you're not on my side, you're the enemy. If you're not helping, you're making things worse. Friends, we can be our own worst enemy. Or in other words, if we get delivered here tonight, but then take no action and go back and open up doorways through unforgiveness, through anger, through fear, through control, through bitterness, through gossiping, through rebellion, through sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend. I'm gonna go there. Through living your alternative lifestyle. I'm gonna go there. Through, through going back into your addictions, through worshiping your idols. Idol seems like a, a religious term, but what it really is, is any place that you go to outside of God for comfort. So you're actually going to the wrong source. And this is just to name a few. Do you know that we have a program called Awaken Recovery to help you with that? We have connect groups, we have men and women's prayer, we have people to help you. I love what James 4, seven through 10, the message says. It says, so let God work his will in you. This is a call to action. Yell aloud no to the devil and watch him make himself scarce. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field, hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious, get really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. We can take action tonight. Can I encourage you to take action to break agreements with the lies? Don't give a legal ground for demons to have access to your life. How are we doing? How are we doing? Okay. Okay. Number two, renewing the mind. This is a big one, and I'm going to labor on it for a, for a moment. You know, just as Mike said, um, Pastor Mike, over three years ago, God radically called me out of mainstream healthcare into what is now True Choice Medical Clinics to stand on the front lines of pro-life. Yeah. And you know, as soon as I got there, there was so much success. There was so much favor. There was so much promotion and at the same time, God unseats this belief system of rejection. See, I'd always been successful in everything I ever did, but guess what I found? I found that success is not a replacement for freedom. So you can hide behind your success, which I did for many years, but the issues of my heart were gonna eventually come out. 
Ironically, the men and women that I care for at this clinic are in a position where they're considering abortion because it's merely just a byproduct of what is actually the root cause, which in most cases is rejection. So God had to confront me because he said, Dana, how are you supposed to help them get breakthrough if you yourself do not have freedom in this area? So God had to bring it up. He had to make it visible. See, I've been delivered from rejection many times. It's really good to get rid of your demons. I recommend it. We're gonna do it tonight, guaranteed. But then you must destroy the lies that those demons energize. We have to destroy the lies. See, this is where I got stuck. It was unknowingly because I'd actually never gone down into the root system where those lies entered my life until I had another pastor and my boss actually confront me. They kind of got in my grill a little bit and that's okay. It hurts so good. But they told me, Dana, you're losing self-awareness. Dana, you're losing discernment. Something that had been a strength most of my life, I was losing it. See, for many years, the enemy just kept me in a constant cycle of busyness, of performance. And just like going over three years ago to this clinic, there was just one transition after another transition after another transition. Then you have lifestyle transitions like getting married, you know, and I was finding, I just kept hitting a wall because I could not find any rest. And I'm not talking about like a seven day vacation. I'm talking about rest in my soul. And eventually I did start to lose self-awareness and I began to become very reactive in my emotions because what is not processed is repressed. And so as this rejection began to emerge itself, it began to bring all of its friends, anxiety, fear, depression, and then all of a sudden, I started to escape. It'd be like Margarita Monday and Tequila Tuesday. That sounds good with the taco and Wine Wednesday and Thirsty Thursday and then it's Friday and let's do it again. Because numbing myself felt better than pain. Something that should be a celebration and not a medication began to be my escape route. And I would become emotionally exhausted and sometimes it would be actually really hard to even get out of bed. And that was a cycle for many years. Thank God for a church that, that partners with you through an entire journey. So when I became aware, that was my turning point. That was where I got serious. And I started seeing a spirit-filled counselor and I'm gonna tell you, I've had so much freedom that I just keep myself on a maintenance program. Every six weeks, I'm like, I want you to check in. She checks every blind spot. She's got like her white glove. <laughs> Counseling's not a bad thing. We, we, society tries to tell you that it's actually so good to have someone in your corner. But what that counselor helped me do was to actually take inventory of the thoughts that were going through my head. When I began to take inventory of these thoughts, they were all 
self-rejection. They were all insufficiency, self-blame. And you know what? Blaming yourself doesn't even work because you're actually not taking responsibility for the pain, even if you blame yourself. I was just flat out beating myself up and I've been doing this for a really long time, probably since I was a a little girl because I had a mother who had mental illness and issues with, with narcotics and things like that. And do you know, you actually can't put an age on when a lie enters your life. And I'll tell you why. Just recently, I was ministering to a woman and there was an powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit that she was having. And I asked her, when did rejection, when do you first remember? What was your first memory of rejection? And she said, in my mother's womb. She said, I felt unwanted in my mother's womb. That'll give you some perspective. So as these thoughts were manifesting in my outside world, it it was not a surprise that I was actually losing self-awareness and treating myself really poorly. I had no idea what was going through my head. Do you realize that you talk to yourself more than anyone else? It's important what you think. It's important what thoughts come through your head. Because I was becoming the byproduct of my toxic thinking. You are as set free and healed as your mind is renewed. See, I had had many moments of freedom, but this wise counselor actually helped me go back into the place where those lies entered and begin to weed, begin to reseed, begin to water the root systems of my belief system and to actually take care of the wounds that those lies caused. You know, wounds of the soul especially if they come through a person's formative years, they can actually become deeply embedded. There's like a deep impression in your inner man, your mind, will, and emotions. And the deeper that embedding, most likely the longer it's gonna take to heal and reprogram. Your mind is like an old house that needs to be renovated. But even if you tore it down all at once, you can't renovate it all at once. You have to rebuild it one room at a time, which is one thought at a time, one belief system at a time. It took me six months to change one belief system, but it changed my life. See, this isn't for immediate gratification, feel good now and go back to your old stinking thinking. Real transformation takes time and repetition. It's a daily renewal of the mind. Your mind, your heart has a default setting and it just wants to go back to the past and believe in the past. And the only way to change that default setting is to build something new. And so change doesn't happen until you get rid of the old and take on the new. When I went back into these belief systems, I had to recognize that I wasn't responsible for the actions or the sins and the pain that others had caused me. But I was responsible for how that pain, that trauma and that sin affected me. And I actually had to face the reality of that pain and take responsibility. So this counselor helped me process in real time and recognize how I felt about things. 
It's okay to feel. Do you know it's okay to feel? How many worship songs are written because the worship leader felt things? Thank God for feelers. But you have to recognize things are painful, submit them to God, and then allow his presence to come and minister to that place. Do you know if there's a lie triggering a feeling or emotion, because I'm thinking in real time, I just reject that lie. I reject it by writing it down. Then I write down the truth, which is the word of God. And I continue to meditate on that truth until the old thought press moves out and is replaced with the new thought process, which is the truth. Ephesians 4.23 says, to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Therefore, your mind is a spirit. What spirit is controlling the airwaves of your mind? We have to change the way we think and view life. It's one of the greatest keys to sustaining freedom. The last one is connection. You know, if we don't deal with our wounds and choose to just try hard and live life as a victim, we'll eventually build walls in our heart which block intimacy where we were meant to build deep, meaningful relationships with God, with, our, with others and with ourselves. And this will eventually isolate us. Our wounds can isolate us. But the beautiful thing is, is that God wants to heal the broken heart because God loves relationships and He wants us in right relationships. But I find quite often the first two relationships that have to get restored are the relationship to God and the relationship with ourselves. We're not meant to live as victims, stuck in past experiences. We are meant to heal from our pain and our wounds so that they can, that transformation can become a wellspring for other people to bless them. Do you know one of the first signs of true transformation is that you're able to give. Freely we've received, so freely we give. And just as there's no age when a lie can enter your life, there's no age to begin your journey of freedom. I wanna tell this story because many people, and I'll, I'll close with this. I was engaged in a battle for 20 years with my mother who suffered from mental illness and for a period of time, many years, actually had to distance myself because it was so toxic and so destructive. And it was a really hard thing. And I had a warfare. And I remember calling up or messaging Mike Connell. I said, I, I don't know what to do. It's, it's just out of control. And he said, Dana, I want you to take your authority in the spirit. And I want you to command the spirit of Jezebel to release your mother. You take authority. And I did that for a year. And almost to the date, a year later on my birthday this past year, my mom called me and she said, Dana, I'm so sorry for all the things I've ever done to you. I'm so sorry for all the horrible things I've said to you, but can you do me a favor? Can we just move on from here? And in the instant, things were truly transformed. They were truly healed. And I got to go back to Virginia 
this past Christmas and my mom had actually still been suffering from an unexplainable illness. And God showed me that I had to actually walk her through forgiving herself because there was a bitterness that entered her life and you could just see, you know, the, the sequela of events. But as I sat with my mom, she began to share where she was violated when she was 16 and how horrible she felt, how she didn't even, she didn't even believe in God after that. Her dad had to actually sit her down and say, no, you've been hurt, but God is real. And I said, was that the moment? Because my mom had even tried to commit suicide many times and there was just always this self-destructive, self-loathing behavior. And I said, mom, was that when that behavior, that, that self-loathing, is that when it entered your life? And she goes, you know, I think maybe, maybe so. And I said, have you ever led yourself through, have you ever thought about forgiving yourself? And so I sat with her and I had her go through a prayer of just forgiving herself. And as soon as she said, her name is Tony, Tony, I forgive you for, the floodgates just opened, tears just flooded. And she was completely set free. She said, I forgive you for, for hurting yourself. I forgive you for fornication, even though it was a sin committed against her. And then we were able just to break all kinds of demonic strongholds after that, after I led her through the forgiveness. And then I commanded that unexplainable illness to leave her body and it left. My mom, was, my mom was over 60 years old, like it took her most of her life. It's taken me half my life, but it's because I chose to break the curse in my family. Every family needs a deliverer, it might as well be you. Yeah. So the first thing I want to do tonight is to actually address the connection to God. You know, if you're here and you're not even connected to the source that can heal you, the source that can set you free, I wanna give you that opportunity tonight. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one's looking around, it's just between you and God. Is there anyone here that either you don't know God or you've been far from God? Just slip your hand up and I'll see it. Is there anyone here? I see that hand, I see that hand. Beautiful in the back, I see it. Is there anyone else? You feel just a tug on the heartstrings of your heart. That's God, praise God for those two. I see that hand, thank you. I see that hand, beautiful. Okay. Is there anyone else? Beautiful. If we could all stand to our feet, we're just gonna pray a prayer. So let's pray with, with those that raise their hands. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you that you so love me, that you came to die for me. Lord Jesus, today, I give you my life Heaven is my home. God is my Father. I am a child of God. I am not a victim. 
I am set free tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.